I V M. Hello everyone and welcome to Triangle of Fans. This is Monish and as always I'm joined by Nishant. We're just now 3 weeks away from the start of the season. In fact, the NBA announced its Christmas Day fixtures. And boy, are there some big games to look forward to. On today's episode, we'll also look, take a look at a perennial contender, the Boston Celtics. You can never keep them out of the discussion, can you? We'll also take a look at some of the strange moves that the Clippers are making. I really can't understand them. All that and more in today's episode. Hey Nishant, what's up? Uh big 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 fixtures on Christmas Day. I think this is the highlight showpiece of the NBA and and they've put in some good fixtures in there. Let's talk about that. Yeah, usually by by this point every season you have some excitement that is already built up and you've seen about um two months at least of of proper full-fledged action for at the start of the month and then you have November where everyone's making adjustments blah blah. blah. And by the end of December, it's almost fever pitch. You know, by and large, who your favorites are, and tight spots are in contention. So every win means a lot more. And people have played a bunch of back-to-backs. People have gone on the road. Blah blah blah. You know a lot of the strengths and weaknesses, right? So this is yeah. roughly where uh, this is like the first real litmus test, Christmas Day fixtures. And here we are, and we're going to start our season with Christmas Day fixtures, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's strange, but. at this point is anything really strange anymore we've seen the bubble we've seen a five month layoff in the middle of a season but uh, they really know how to line up the christmas day games huh? there there are at least five absolute cracker matches that to look forward to so i i can't wait they do they do it starts off with the pelicans taking on the heat and the nba can't um, do enough to push zion williams and out <laughs> there right they they got the opening day fixture last year they got the christmas day fixture last year the pelicans they got the opening day of the bubble also last year uh, and you know what zion missed all the three i think he played the opening day of the bubble but yeah. he missed the opening day fixture he missed the christmas fixture but here you go again uh, it's zion uh, zion and the pelicans take on butler and the heat uh, that's going to be interesting so zion williamson gets another push from the nba yeah uh, that's but that's fair yeah. right I, i think he's he really is their uh, meal ticket now for the next right decade or two unless they find someone better unless he succumbs to injuries he is their new lebron broadcasters absolutely want to carry his matches live and they could be established players playing in smaller teams maybe even bigger teams and and mm-hmm. the advertisers and the broadcasters would still want to come for zion it's it's this global obsession with uh, just the 13 to 25 26 maybe stretch it to 28 year old market is so huge in the world propelled in no small measure by digital media and all these youtubers blowing up and stuff like that is is now that that demo matters a lot so it doesn't matter what the the guy with a lot of money sitting on his couch with a pot belly thinks of lebron versus kawhi because all the kids want to watch zion and that's that's who they'll they'll carry so it makes sense to me that they that they push on this much but listen if zion comes in again injured or if i see something at the start of the season yet again mm-hmm. i would be severely concerned if i were the pelicans because that's their entire franchise and so far either they're being incredibly overcautious which is annoying but hey i mean it's it's their meal ticket but if right. there's something really there if there is a significant concern and it rears its ugly head again this season i'd be really concerned over zion williamson Right, I mean, I hope uh, all is well with him because he seemed like an exciting, exciting talent whenever oh, yeah. he played and whenever yeah. he was on the court. Right, I mean, uh, seems like a right. humble guy too, down to earth, hardworking. 
um true true like a positive note to have around true the second game of the day would be uh, warriors taking on the bucks this would see probably the return of steph curry after a long long time uh, he played a couple of matches before the mm-hmm. league shut down but he missed the, almost the entire of last season and him taking on you could say the prohibitive regular season favorites milwaukee bucks provided yanis is still there yeah so <laughs> that's going to be an interesting game the warriors trying to establish that they are a strong force yet again taking on the top team yeah no doubt uh, i don't know if they're the prohibitive favorites in the east anymore with with the nets although chemistry might be a concern in general wherever kyrie irving goes chemistry is a concern but with this team uh, especially because both of their superstars are coming off of some degree of injuries or the other and they've got a bunch of squad players who right now don't know if they're going to start come off the bench would dinwiddie be happy with the bench role um what what kind of minutes is he going to get what's his usage rate going to be like there's a lot of personal issues to be like we know they can ball but there's a lot of personal issues to be sorted out and that's kind of where you don't get the greatest sense of confidence from a first time coach who's never really handled any locker room let alone a locker room like this he's done it as a player sure but as a coach would he be able to make that transition it's a it's an interesting pot boiler they've got going on there but but i'd still put them right at the top uh as for warriors and bucks man i would have been so excited for this fixture had clay thompson been fit yeah. not to say that i'm not but steph curry missed a large chunk of last season and even when he could come back they kind of took him easy and said or right, we let this season go and next season we come back with both of our superstars um and and then this devastating injury to to clay thompson which is just it's tragic at a personal level for him but for the league and the and the team of course um is not the greatest thing to have happened so it kind of waters down the fixture a little bit but i still think the golden state warriors are, are a great team and uh, steph curry is never not fun to watch so so that's a fixture to look forward to but but that for me that's a little diluted i think the other fixtures are a stronger draw yeah let's move on to the other fixtures and you yeah. spoke briefly about kyrie irving the third fixture sees kyrie irving <laughs> return to boston and he missed the end, he missed both the fixtures against boston last season but uh, a year after he announced that he wants to stay in boston forever and what not he just <laughs> left so that's going to be an interesting dramatic uh, return to boston the celtics take on the nets also kd is going to be there in that game against you could say the duo of kd and kyrie versus the duo of jalen brown and jason tatum the young guys versus the you could say kind of proven established players yeah i mean the both champions uh, one of them is a finals mvp twice so yeah. of course uh kyrie when kyrie irving plays he never fails to show up it's not like he comes on and has a bad night that doesn't happen very often the problem with him is more uh, locker room tensions and whether or not he can build a team make a team stick together not be that one guy that ruins everything in the locker room so him and boston that, that's a cracker of a game because those all those boys in boston young fierce defenders they play as a team and all of that they still maybe not unlocked that highest layer of talent or potential that they have and they're still on their way to get there but it's such an exciting unit and one of the most tight tight knit teams in the league so they're going to want to prove a point against kyrie kyrie is going to want to prove a point <laughs> this yeah. is this is a fun class this is the kind of class that you want on on christmas day this could have been warriors against the bucks though there's not really a grudge situation going on there it would have been a fierce clash but like i said this is the clash i'm more excited about now those boston defenders against uh, this really is a battle for supremacy in the east so to speak 
So against KD and Kyrie, this is a this is a fun battle. Of course, it is a fun battle. Moving on, uh, the Lakers take on the Mavs. It's also going to be Luka Doncic's oh, yeah. first ever Christmas game. Uh, big, I think the NBA is set for the Luka Doncic era, and we spoke about it many times in the past. Right. It's going to be Luka versus LeBron. Assuming that LeBron is back and he's playing from the start of the season, they might want to ease him out, given that he's had like what ten weeks of rest since they won the league. So that's going to be fun, yeah. though. Uh, Luka versus the Lakers. Yeah, this might not be as uh, exciting as it's built. Like on paper, it's amazing. It was one of the best matches of last season in the mm-hmm. regular season. LeBron and Luka both were going shot for shot. They traded thirty-point triple doubles. It went to overtime. There was a dramatic Danny Green. When does that happen? Danny Green game tying mm-hmm. buzzer beater shot, and then we go to overtime, and then well, okay. So LeBron and AD took over. But that was one of the best matches of the regular season. I don't know if it'll be quite that this time because the Lakers have a bunch of new pieces, so there'll, there'll be a bit of a an adjustment curve. And also, like you said, I, they might restrict LeBron's minutes. I think he'll play, but I think they'll they'll be cautious against going all out. And these guys, they've won the chip now. They've shown how they can pace themselves. Um, they they don't have too much of an incentive to go all out and play like there's no match left in the in the league schedule. So these Lakers now are a bit too set, a bit too confident about their pacing. I don't expect them to go all out. I do expect Luca to go all out. So that's going to be fun. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think my favorite matchup still so far is is Brooklyn and it's Boston. <laughs> yeah. How about this? The last game of the day is going to be the Nuggets versus yeah, the Clippers. A repeat of the second round Western Conference matchup where Clippers uh, Clippers had a three one lead and then blew it. The last time we saw this game, Paul George tried to attempt a three and hit the backboard. So that's yep. going to be a really, really return. I mean, what do you call it? Part two of that uh, of the rivalry? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Clippers, if Clippers don't come out with a point to prove and they don't play uh, dominant basketball, I'll be ashamed of this bunch of talent. Like, like really, I, I'll be, it's so sad to have all of that. They don't even have that excuse of Harrell is a mismatch on Jokic anymore. They've got Ibaka. If Jokic can can toy around with Ibaka, I think the league's over. We can just stop watching because mm-hmm. it, it's too much now. <laughs> if we can do that, if we can do what he did to Montrez Harrell to Ibaka, that'll be the most demotivating start the Clippers have had in years. But I wanna I wanna see the Clippers back up top. I wanna see Paul George, Kawhi, all of these guys come back, mm-hmm. and and I wanna see them dominate. I'm sure Denver will find their way back. But we need the league needs a strong Clippers. The West needs a strong Clippers to make things interesting. So I, I hope we see that happen. Which, going by their off season, uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen any any time soon. Yeah. Also, that the Nuggets have got a Christmas day game. They did. They played the Pelicans last year on Christmas. But yeah. this is kind of telling that the Nuggets are here to stay, and they are one of the teams to watch out for. Isn't yeah, it? the prime time now. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we are talking about the Clippers, so let's stick with them. They're making a bunch of strange moves. What's happening with them? Uh, first of all, they waved off Joachim Noah, a former Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, but they re-signed Reggie Jackson. We didn't, I mean, you could see that, okay, maybe that could have happened. Right. But the rest of the guys, Nicholas Batum, they took that oh huge God. player yeah. from Cha- Charlotte, who Charlotte waved off for Gordon yeah. Hayward. They've re-signed, uh, they've signed Kai Bowman. They've, re- they've signed Rajon Tucker. They got in Luke Kennard Jr. instead of Laundry Shamet. Um, are we talking about potential favorites here? Who are these guys? I mean, they're supposed to be signing big names. Yeah, I don't know. They they should be favorites. 
I don't know why they let Shamit go and then got Canada in, unless they were making room for what exactly? They're not. It's not like they're making room for anyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they made room for Kai Bowman. Um, Yoakim Noah, that's fine. I think they picked him up kind of just before the bubble, and he yep. was just a backup security piece, like J.R. Smith on the Lakers. Doesn't really matter. Right. Um, so that's okay. Now, Ibaka again, like I said, spectacular move, but they need more because they let Harrell go. Okay, they got Ibaka. That's a major upgrade. Yeah. Um, and Ibaka is a straight-up starter, so that's an upgrade there. Now they've <clears throat> are they bringing Lou Williams? Uh, are they keeping Lou Williams? Is he going to stay? Is he going to be still coming off the bench? Which means they then need a a ball carrier. They need a point guard. That's the only reason they they did everything they could to make sure Reggie Jackson signs because they don't have a ball a ball handler. They don't have a point guard, and they didn't go for one. I still can't understand why they didn't go for Rondo. Regardless of what it will cost them, should have gone for Rondo. All right, Rondo goes to Atlanta, gets big money, make make everything happen for CP3. I I didn't get that. Is it that the Clippers made an offer and CP3 chose Phoenix? Doesn't seem too likely. I think they just didn't go for it. So mm-hmm. unless they have a trick up their sleeve, some last minute move like Kawhi Leonard did last last year, mm-hmm. uh, it's tough to see how they how they're going to make all this work. Now there's talk of prying away Terry Rozier from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good move. Um, Rozier mm-hmm. is a great addition to this team, but reports say Michael Jordan loves Terry Rozier. He's not going to let him go. And while everyone talked about the Clippers getting Rozier, they went and got Batum. Now Batum is one of the worst contracts in a franchise that is known for signing some of the worst contracts. And Michael Jordan, who's Uh, as Max Kellerman once said, the Michael Jordan of bad GMs and bad owners, and they they took that garbage contract and they took him on. Yeah, I don't get how Batum is this highly rated, this highly paid in the league, and yeah. the Clippers took him on for what? All right, so he's one more name on your roster, but what what gap is he plugging? So nothing about the. About the Clippers makes sense right now. Can you name their starting lineup? Like, what's it going to be? Are they going to start Reggie Jackson? Okay. Reggie Jackson, Paul George Junior probably. Uh, yeah, Paul George and uh, Kawhi, of Kawhi. course. And the center, they probably start Ibaka or Zubach. Well, I think. Oh, I don't think Zubach is starting at Ibaka. So Ibaka. So alright. So Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi, um, Ibaka, right? Yeah. Who's there for? Do they have a four? But two, I suppose, right? Because they don't. They let Harrell go, Batum and anyway, he used to. He played a grand total of twenty-two games last season. He played a grand total of twenty-two games last season. Yeah, and the Clippers make a grand total of zero cents this season in the off season. So <laughs> they, they, I think it aligns pretty well. They don't have anyone. They don't have any. Harrell's gone, and he was coming off the bench anyway before. Yeah. So unless they have like a double pivot Zubac and Ivaka kind of system, which again makes makes zero sense to me. Or they'll have to play someone out of position, bring in Luke Kennard. I don't know, man. This team they're beyond my understanding now. <laughs> yeah, are you still uh, putting them as second team behind the Lakers though? Yeah, they have Kawhi and Paul George if they play to their level, yes. <laughs> Sadly, yes, in the regular season that's all that's needed. In the playoffs it's going to come undone very very soon. Sure, I I really hope the Clippers have one big move that they're keeping yep. and waiting on everyone getting it done, right? Uh, let's move to the East. I wanted to talk about the Boston Celtics because uh, there's a team that I really like. I'm right. I've liked Boston. They've always seemed relevant. They've always seemed a perennial contender, right? And now I think they have a very experienced team uh, or a bunch of young guys who are starting to get that experience and 
elevate themselves jalen brown jason tatum i love this duo they have probably the most rigid defender in the league in marcus smart he's not going to let you take a shot he's that good and yeah. he can get his own shot nowadays you see mm-hmm. you saw it in the bubble where he could go off on a rampage and shoot five threes in a row outside shooting yeah yeah absolutely and uh, they lost gordon hayward of course but they've signed tristan thompson they've yeah. lost enes canter they dro- signed tristan thompson as that's that's an upgrade over canter oh no thompson, doubt he's a, oh yeah yeah he's he's a proven winner he was starting in he was a starter in the champ in the championship winning squad right yeah and but i think the major concern for them is the fitness of kemba walker right he does this every single year where you expect things from kemba walker and then he goes missing for a large portion of the season and again the season it's announced that he'll miss the starting few weeks uh he won't be able, allowed to play that's that's quite a dampener for the boston celtics isn't it uh yeah good good and bad um Tristan Thompson that's a great acquisition on Cantor is a definite up- upgrade um fun fact in the chip winning season that he had on the Cavs with LeBron mm-hmm. he got out rebounded by Steph Curry in the finals in that series like across mm-hmm. <laughs> over seven games he got out rebounded by Steph Curry another reason why LeBron gets disproportionate credit for that incredible comeback because because like we mentioned before he led all five main stat categories across both teams right how, how often do you see that but um great rebounder solid defensive presence can get you a few points here and there but but essentially rebound and defending uh canter which which when you think about it in boston that's all they need him to do they don't really need him to go off on offense they've got their offensive options sorted now in that sorted lies kemba walker and his and his injury concerns and you're right even in the playoffs last season he was kind of on and off not not entirely uh, fit for a few games looked shaky was finding his feet and then then he got back um this inconsistency doesn't help anyone but right now assuming he stays it is what it is it gives jason tatum yet another opportunity to shine take over the offense a little bit more make it run through him a little bit more and mm-hmm. and really just show off why he got that massive five year 195 million dollar contract this is his team now boston celtics is jason tatum's team he is elevated to that level time to shine because it's what Ben Simmons did in Philadelphia when Embiid was out um mm-hmm. so now on the other hand with with Kemba and this is why there's there's been consistent trade rumor talk around Kemba a Boston going to trade him i wouldn't blame them if they did he's mm-hmm. a great fit there and they have a good thing going but the, these injuries they're just too much for for a young team like that that's developing finding its feet finding the chemistry it just always keeps becoming an interruption and then they've got to adjust and then go back and adjust and then go back and that's the problem they had with gordon hayward also so if they have the opportunity to trade him for a good player i think they mm-hmm. absolutely should yeah one of the trades that they made i think is going kind of under the radar is they replaced brad wanamaker with jeff teague uh, jeff yeah. teague had a pretty uh, he was pretty impressive at atlanta last season it's just that we've not seen atlanta in a long long time that we don't remember him but right. he's someone who can get off his own shot he can make the passes he's kind of a playmaker just go on there pass the ball to jason tatum and let him do his thing so i think jeff teague is quite a quite an upgrade of uh, brad wanamaker and i think they kind of anticipated this with kemba walker and have a replacement ready for yeah, yeah 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 no i i love jeff teague uh, so back back in atlanta it was him and dennis schroder who were largely the two mm-hmm. playmakers and this was before schroder to okc and jeff teague was the better of the two at the time at at play creation um then dennis schroder and and he was a pretty good point guard so 
in that Boston Celtics lineup with the shooting firepower that they have, and and with two three players at any point outside of Jeff Teague that can create their own shot, mm-hmm. uh, he's a good backup to have. And with with him on the court, now I'd expect Jason Tatum to thrive. Because unlike Kemba, he's not going to take as many shots. His usage rate isn't going to be as high and he can create for you. So right. it's it's now entirely up to... I want to see Jason Tatum's off the ball game a little bit more. Because we know he's fireworks on the ball. But yeah. what can he do off the ball? And that, that'll be something we'll only discover when you've got a good playmaker. You don't need an elite playmaker, but somebody who can find the right pass at the right time. Um, and and then it'll be interesting to see how Jason Tatum's offense has evolved. Yeah, this is the time that Boston's investments have to mature, right? I mean, they haven't won the league in almost a decade now. Yeah. Or more than a decade now. But uh, they've invested in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown knowing that they're going to be the two big things in the future. And this is the time that they've got to stand up and make it count. Or else you it's going to be counted as a failure if you don't win the league in the next two years, maybe? Three years, maybe? Uh, I guess so. I guess so. But... Uh... I don't know if it's a failure yet because they have two good pieces, but mm-hmm. neither of them are really a top five in bas- basketball kind of name yet. And for Jalen Brown, I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to be a top 10 player at any point in the league. Mm-hmm. He's a great talent, but let's not kid ourselves with that. So unless he's at that level, I don't see pressure. Like I'd put that kind of pressure on on Mavs because mm-hmm. they have Luka who's an MVP favorite. And they have posing is who when fit can easily be a top 10 player. So then if they don't get it done, yeah, sure, that's that's pressure. LeBron, AD, you're one. Like if you all don't win the chip, you're, you're useless. It, it's like that. It's that level because when you put those two players. And that's why Kawhi and Paul George got trolled so much. Because the expectations are that high when you've got players of that caliber. These two guys are not there yet. Neither of them are. Now, yeah, but they need to because... Uh, yeah. Like- the Celtics reached the Eastern Conference Finals last season mm-hmm. and I think that was pretty okay for them and was pretty good. Yeah. Would would the Celtics fan base be happy with another Conference Final? I don't think so. They need to push themselves and probably make the NBA Finals next. I th- well, Look, I think the Celtics fan base would, would have a lot more patience than some of the other fan bases because they, mm-hmm. more than anyone else, understand the value of moving the needle. They last mm-hmm. won in the 80s before they won again in, um, in two, 2008, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, 2008 yeah. when they when they beat the Lakers. So, two decades nearly of patience before they got a chip again. And the last mm-hmm. time they won it before that, before the 80s was whatever. All those Bill Russell titles and all that nonsense. So, uh, with, with any young squad, the thing is they got to the conference finals last season. I would have expected them to build on that this season and make, make some moves. But knowing who all are going to be available in the free agency next season, it makes sense mm-hmm. for them to wait it out. Um, I'd keep my eye on Jalen Brown. I think he could become an important trade asset and not necessarily someone that's that's involved in the long run in, in Boston. But uh, they're on the right track so far. I've not seen them really make any uh, screw-ups or any mistakes yet. Mm-hmm. They're on track and uh, a title in the next three years seems within the realm of possibility, especially with all the moves, the, uh, moves that they can make in, in free agency. All right, that's Boston Celtics. Like I said, a perennial contender. I really enjoy watching the team. Oh, yeah. There are like what multiple match winners in that team. There's Brown, there's Tatum, and there's Marcus Smart. And there was Hayward and Kemba Walker as well previously. Yeah, yeah. But with Hayward gone, I think a good replacement. Uh, they have Jeff Teague now, so I think. I mean, this has to be the most well-balanced starting five no in doubt. the league. Or they did a the good, top three, right? Yeah, yeah, they did a good job shipping out the right guys at the right time. I think Kyrie left, uh, although largely I think that was on Kyrie. 
that he wanted right. he kind of made his way out but that was good riddance for them for the team they got better whenever he wasn't on the floor they got better so yeah. it didn't quite work with kairi for them and that was a good move they got um, so terry rosier wasn't getting along with gordon hayward and they had massive issues there mm-hmm. in terms of adjusting play styles so they moved out rosier got in kemba great move barring the injuries and and a little sad sadly ironic that now hayward goes to the hornets and it's rosier and hayward again maybe that's what's fueling the clippers talk um, rosier to the clippers but mm-hmm. but they've made a lot of good moves like canto for tristan thompson that's a great upgrade yeah. uh wanna make out incomes jeff teague that's a big upgrade so yeah. they're doing all of the right stuff very unlike houston and philadelphia who are kind of all over the place sometimes and they make so many moves that some of them are bound to be okay it's like the zodiac column predictions right so <laughs> so i like i like how structural and procedural boston are uh it remains to be seen whether this you know one step every year for 10 years really pays dividends or at some point are they going to trade big mm-hmm. all right so that was boston celtics both of them uh, both of us had them in the in our top four picks for the conference so yeah always like i said always fun to watch boston celtics and always fun doing this with you i think that's that brings us to the end of this episode and we'll keep doing this as we approach the start of the season then absolutely thank you for tuning in see you bye